Remember the 90s? When MTV still meant music television? When people still bought CDs? When legends like Chris Cornell and Dimebag Daryl still rocked the earth? Well, you can go back to those halcyon years regularly with Sounds Like Teen Spirit, the ultimate 90s radio show podcast. On each episode, I review and play from the latest albums by decade-defining artists like Pearl Jam, Megadeth, and Primus, and discuss current developments with those artists, all amid a playlist of 90s and 90s-adjacent music, of course. Again, that sounds like Teen Spirit. New episodes premiere Sundays, 8 to 10 p.m. on 89.9 KBGA Missoula, and past episodes are archived at kbga.org slash teen-spirit.
was Aerosmith kicking off this program with Eat the Rich off their 1993 album Get a Grip. Welcome to the award-winning Sounds Like Teen Spirit on 89.9 KBGA Missoula. I'm your vexatious host, Ian. This episode contains music from the likes of Smash Mouth, Eric B. and Rakim, Motorhead, Widespread Panic, AFI, Echo and the Bunnymen, Four Non Blondes, The Reverend Horton Heat, Anthrax, and Big Head Todd and the Monsters. Plus, I'm going to review and play a song apiece from the new Filter album, The Algorithm, and new Candlebox album, The Long Goodbye, both released on August 25th, the new Slow Dive album, Everything is Alive, released on September 1st, and the new Chemical Brothers album, For That Beautiful Feeling, released on the 8th. I'll start with Filter. Back in 2018, original Filter guitarist Brian Leesgang returned to the band after a 21-year absence to work on a new album with frontman and co-founder Richard Patrick, who had long been the band's sole official member and creative director. The album was being conceived as a spiritual successor to Filter's 1995 debut, Short Bus, and was to be financially backed by patrons of the crowdfunding platform Pledge Music. However, in May 2019, Pledge Music suddenly folded in light of the revelation that the company had been stealing money pledged to artists to cover its own debts. With their source of funding abruptly pulled out from under them, Filter ended up scrapping the reunion album, which was to be titled Rebus, and Leesgain left the band again shortly after. From there, Patrick began writing a new Filter album on his own, and though he ended up using a couple of the songs he had co-written with Lee's gang, the resulting album, 2023's The Algorithm, is almost entirely different from what would have been. Though it does boast a generally heavier sound in the spirit of 1995's short bus, Filter's latest is decidedly no rebus. It is nonetheless a highly nostalgic album in other ways, though. By and large, the algorithm feels like a lovingly crafted homage to the alternative hard rock and metal scenes of the 90s, and through that lens, it can be a rather fun and engaging listen. Seriously, Filter seem to be evoking a different one of their contemporaries on almost every single track. These include, but aren't limited to, Deftones on opener The Drowning, Early Tool on Up Against the Wall, Stone Temple Pilots on Summer Child, Marilyn Manson on Threshing Floor, Korn on Be Careful What You Wish For, and even Filter themselves on closing track Command Z, one of the holdovers from the Reba sessions, which both sonically and lyrically feels like a follow-up to their 1999 hit Take a Picture. And it's not just from a general musical standpoint that Filter is conjuring up all those artists. Richard Patrick appears to be subtly readapting his vocal style on a song-to-song basis to match each of the singers whose bands he's meant to be channeling. That means that when his band is approximating the sounds of Deftones, STP, and Korn, Patrick himself is taking on the unique mannerisms of Chino Moreno, Scott Weiland, and Jonathan Davis, respectively. Cynics and naysayers may point to that as a symptom of Patrick not having an original bone left in his body, but I for one am rather impressed by his chameleonic vocal ability. All those frontmen whom Patrick clearly holds a great deal of reverence for have iconic voices, and if Patrick is capable of imitating each of them while simultaneously retaining the essence of his own voice, well, more power to him. As a veteran singer, instrumentalist, and songwriter, he seems to possess a knack for knowing exactly how much he should borrow from his heroes. Indeed, 
Trying to pinpoint the prevailing influence behind each individual track on the algorithm is all part of the fun, and I'm betting the average Filter fan would appreciate the nods to various 90s rock and metal bands that they are most likely also a fan of. And yet, despite all the abundant nostalgia on display, the algorithm is actually more of a new school Filter album overall. The polished production and modern musical sensibilities that have tended to color Filter's more recent outings are still ever-present here, particularly on pre-release singles For the Beaten, Face Down, and Obliteration. To be frank, the algorithm does not sound like an album that would have been written and recorded with the involvement of Brian Lee's gang. That being said, the brief time spent reconnecting with him had clearly rubbed off on Patrick to at least some extent, and all the little throwbacks peppered throughout the new album balance it out into something both familiar and refreshing. Overall, though it may not be the return to form we were once hoping for, the algorithm still makes for one hell of a consolation prize. Alright, for my next track, I ultimately decided to go with that early Tool-esque number, Up Against the Wall. Does Patrick sound like Maynard James Keenan on this track? No, don't be silly, he sounds like Richard Patrick. However, he does appear to be trying to sing the song in the way he imagines Keenan would have done it circa 1992-93. Well, enjoy!
Now I'm just a forgotten 
to visit you and that's what I've become I let myself in though I know I'm not supposed to but I never know when I'm done and I see you fogging up the mirror Around your body glistens in the shower And I wanna stay right here And go eyes on you for an hour Or stay And let the day just fade away And while your dedication Take the moment of hope And let it run Never look back at all the damage We have done now to each other To each other To each other But when I see you It's like I'm staring down the sun I wanted to thank you for a vision that was lost that you returned But you passed what you understand Now her appetite is blown, little else is known Except she's a little angry, grabs a towel, looks away And she fades with the day And I fall down on what to say Oh something clean, let me be clever Hey oh well, whatever, but that's not what I mean where we've been has left us burn Still I won't turn now from a fight You know I'll never win So when I see you You know all the things I've done But I'm blinded Like I'm staring down the sun When I see you When I see you When I see you It's like I'm staring down the sun And it tells us what we're left with We become the things we do Me, I'm a fool, spent from defiance Yeah, you got me, but I didn't give up on you But the rest is not a t-shirt Oh, a swan song, no He is born again And it's not easy being me But I can't promise I will mend Or bend when you believe That we are fixed now from our birth Falling back to earth Still you know I'll try again Cause I believe that we are lucky We are golden, we have stolen Man, as in the days when we were one So when I see you Spite of all that we become We're still blinded But I'm still staring down the sun When I see you When I see you When I see you When I see you
It's been a long time, I shouldn't have left you Without a strong rhyme to step to Think of how many weeks shows you slept through Time's up, I'm sorry I kept you Thinking of this, you keep repeating your miss The rhyme from the microphone solo with So you sit by the radio and on the dial soon As you hear it, pump up the volume Dance with the speaker till you hear it blow Then plug in a headphone, cause here it go It's a full letter word when it's heard to control Your body to dance So, dot text the tempo like a red alert Reach your reflex and let it work When this is playing, you can't get stuck with the steps So can say, and I'ma still come up with I get to be swift, follow the leader, the rhyme ago Deaf with the record that was mixed a long time ago It could be done, but only I could do it For those that could dance and clap your hands to it I start to think, and then I sink into the paper Like I was in When I'm writing, I'm trapped in between the line I escape, when I finish the rhyme I got soul, soul, soul Like this might tempt me to post show my rings in my fat gold chain. Grab the mic like I'm on so trained, but I wait. Cause I master this. Let the others go first so the brothers don't miss. Eric B break the sticks. Rock him will begin when you make the mix. I'll experiment like a scientist. You wanna rhyme? You gotta sign my list. Cause I'ma manifest and bless the mic I'll hold. You wanna next? Then you gotta have soul. Cause if you ain't got it, I'ma make an encore. Take the mic, make the people respond for the R. Cause that's the way it'll have to be If you wanna get on after me Think about it, wait, erase your rhyme Forget it, and don't waste your time Cause I'll be in the crowd if you ain't controlling it Drop the mic, you shouldn't be holding it This is how it should be done This style is identical to none Some try to make it sound like this But you're getting me So upset that I'm wet cause you're sweating me I drip steam like a microphone theme Eager to MC is my theme I get hyped When I hear a drum roll, rock him is on the mic, and you know I got soul. You got it! You got it! Say my name. First of all, I'm the soloist, the soul controller. Rock him gets stronger as I get older. Constant elevation cause expansion. I write my rhymes while I cool in my mansion. They put it on tape and in the city I test it. Then on the radio, the R's requested. You listen to it, the concept might break you. Cause almost anyone can relate to Whoever's out of hand, I'ma give them handles. Light them up, blow them out like candles. Or should I just let them melt? To give them a hand so they can see how I felt. I'm not bold just cause I rock gold Rock cameras on the mic And you know I got soul Soul, soul, soul You got, you got, you got it You got, you got, you got it See what you got Get off the mic for it get too hot I'm on to see which posse can dance the best It should be easy cause the beat is fresh Now if you're from uptown Brooklyn bound The Bronx, Queens, or Long Island sound Even other states come right and exact It ain't where you're from, it's where you're at Since you came here you have to show and prove And do that dance until it don't move That's all you need is soul, self-esteem, and release The rest is up to you 
Like the radio station, College Radio, 89.9 FM.
am I strung out crazy or not allowed to be the one who gets stupid over you? Lazy, laid back, maybe you're just on crack. Why am I the one who gets held up and confused? album Dude Ranch. Last week, Blink finally announced a title and release date for their highly anticipated reunion album with original vocalist slash guitarist Tom DeLonge, who last recorded with the band on the 2012 EP Dogs Eating Dogs. The new album is titled One More Time and scheduled for October 20th, which puts it just over a year out from the release of its lead single Edging. The band broke the news on Monday with an emotional four-minute announcement video in which the three members sit down with Apple Music's Zane Lowe and reflect on all they've endured, both individually and as a band, as well as what it took to get the classic lineup back together. The video includes snippets of three songs from the upcoming album, the title track, Anthem Part 3 and You Don't Know What You've Got, and the former, along with yet another song titled More Than You Know, was issued as a single on Thursday. Based on all we've gotten to hear of One More Time thus far, it seems like it's going to be an amalgam of Blink's two most celebrated albums, 1999's Enema of the State and 2003's Self-Titled, and both the band and Lowe agree that it's their best album ever, so the hype behind this one is real. On top of the new Blink, there are several other notable releases from 90s artists lining the calendar for the fall 2023 season. This coming Friday, September 29th, we'll be getting the first new album from Blonde Redhead in nine years, titled Sit Down for Dinner, as well as the first new one from Wilco in, uh, about 16 months, titled Cousin. On October 6th, Prong will be releasing State of Emergency, their first new album since 2017. Remember the single Breaking Point that I played on the program back in February? That one will be on the upcoming album, and another two singles, Non-Existence and The Descent, were issued from it in recent weeks. 
The new Prong album's release will coincide with that of the first new album from Keanu Reeves' band Dogstar in over two decades, Somewhere Between the Power Lines and Palm Trees, which I covered in greater detail last time on the program. Moving beyond the aforementioned new Blink album, a special 30th anniversary deluxe edition of Nirvana's In Utero is scheduled to drop on October 27th. The new edition will include two never-before-released live sets from the In Utero Tour, December 1993 in Los Angeles and January 1994 in Seattle. On November 3rd, we'll be getting a new album from Semisonic, aka the band responsible for Closing Time, titled Little Bit of Sun. It'll be the band's first new music since their 2020 EP You're Not Alone and their first proper LP since 2001's All About Chemistry. The first Friday in November also marks the release of Static X's Project Regeneration Volume 2, which will reportedly house the final usable vocal tracks left behind by the late Wayne Static. So in other words, don't expect any further volumes after this. Finally, on November 10th, Helmet will be issuing their first new album in over seven years, titled Left. It was preceded by the profane lead single Holiday a few weeks ago. As of press time, that's all I've got in my calendar for the rest of 2023. Of course, there's still plenty of time left for additional albums to get slotted into the mid-November, late-December window, and I don't doubt that despite all my thoroughness, I'm probably overlooking at least a few that have already been announced. At any rate, I'm going to do my best to review and play from all the ones I just outlined and then some over the course of my next few episodes, so stay tuned. Alright, before Blink, I played Holy Man by Blind Melon off their 1992 self-titled... I Know You Got Soul by Eric B. and Rakim off their 1987 album Paid in Full, Blinded by Third Eye Blind off their 2003 album Out of the Vein, Broken Hearted Savior by Big Head Todd and the Monsters off their 1993 album Sister Sweetly, and Showerhead by Eve Six off their 1998 self-titled. Once again, you're listening to Sounds Like Teen Spirit on 89.9 KBGA Missoula. To like the show on Facebook, go to facebook.com slash slts2. And to hear this and other episodes of the program after the broadcast, go to kbga.org slash teen-spirit. Alright, next I'm going to review and play a song from the new Candlebox album, The Long Goodbye. After three decades, eight studio albums, and numerous lineup changes, Candlebox are hanging it up. And yet, their newly released farewell album, The Long Goodbye, hardly feels like a farewell. For one, it arrived a mere 23 months after its immediate predecessor, Wolves, closing out the shortest album gap of Camelbox's entire career. That's highly unusual for a band as late in the game as they are. More importantly, the album is also surprisingly bold for a band as late in the game as they are. Candlebox historically haven't updated their sound all that much over the years, save for the inevitable shift from grunge to post-grunge, so the level of career-capping reinvention displayed on this album certainly feels unprecedented. There's keys, horns, orchestral strings, and programmed beats and samples abound throughout the long goodbye, elevated to modern standards by producer Don Miggs. It seems less like a farewell album than one from a band that's been catalyzed into a mid-career reboot by an influx of fresh influences. Conversely, 
Wolves, which I enjoyed enough to name my runner-up for Album of the Year 2021, would have been a more fitting final album for the band, playing much like a robust and harmonious marriage between old and new Candlebox. If you were to listen to this one back-to-back with Candlebox's 1993 self-titled debut, you'd be hard-pressed to believe they came from the same band. Though, in fairness, frontman Kevin Martin was the only member to contribute to both. Don't take all that to mean the new album is unworthy of the Candlebox name, though. I know that a lot of these abrupt left-turn albums from bands with established sounds can be hit or miss, at least in my experience, but I'm inclined to declare The Long Goodbye mostly a hit. Even when it's not quite sonically resembling Candlebox, the album generally remains lively, curious, and engaging. It is very decidedly a song collection kind of album, consisting of 10 tracks that each seem fully realized, sound distinct from one another, and could potentially serve as radio singles in their own way. Highlights include, but aren't limited to, opener and lead single Punks, a rousing rocker propelled by a striking acoustic electric combo riff, Nails on a Chalkboard, a masterful power ballad predominantly constructed out of various keys and synths, I Should Be Happy, which adopts a heavy electro-industrial style reminiscent of early to mid-90s Nine Inch Nails, penultimate track Foxy, which feels like a close relative of the mid-2000s dance rock slash emo craze spurred on by Fallout Boy and Panic at the Disco, and closing track Hourglass, a stellar example of the kind of crescendo-building number Candlebox typically excel at, and a nice one to end things on. Ultimately, The Long Goodbye isn't very long, clocking in at around 35 minutes, and it sure don't feel like goodbye, but it makes for a fun and interesting final chapter to Candlebox's story that should largely satisfy their loyal fan base. Alright, this next song is another one of my personal highlights from the album. It is a piano-based mid-tempo rocker and possibly the album's biggest outlier, if any particular song on here can be designated as such, and I feel this one just begs to be heard. This song's called Cell Phone Jesus. Enjoy! Time. Kinda hurting, 
got the time.
black as one king of the house Slippers, paper, pipe and dog Easy chair and a burning log Something smells good in the kitchen tonight Oh yeah, my baby can treat me right Like every Tom and Dick and Harry know Out on the street, you're just another Joe Schmo When you get inside my home Season never had it better in Rome Ford is just a toy I may rule but I can't be mean I still must answer to the queen So if you're lucky just like me You must feel like royalty If this has a familiar ring Then you know just why I sing Inside, just one creature under God Truth be known and truth be seen I'd be nothing without my queen So if you feel like monarchy You don't mind a little anarchy My hot rod Ford has a couple of dings But the engine purrs and the radio sings yeah. Here in my house yeah. Here in my castle I'm king of the house This portion of KBGA is brought to you by Imagination Brewing Company. By supporting over 1,700 community events in its educational center, Imagination brews handcrafted beer to make a positive impact on Missoula and beyond. For more information about what's on tap, weekly live music offerings, or to reserve the center, call 406-926-1251 or visit imaginationbrewing.com. Give me no switch Come on baby and eat the rich 
Now that I'm barren, KBGA is my baby. <laughs> and I'm an overbearing mother. Clean your room. Put your friend's mom on the phone. Floss harder. Just like your father. Straighten your back. Those grades aren't Ivy League. I said keep it locked to 89.9 KBGA Missoula. Oh 
to dry off their 2003 album Birds of Prey. In July of last year, I reported on the then latest developments with Live, who had welcomed back original singer Ed Kowalczyk in late 2016. After a prolonged period of inactivity, Kowalczyk announced in June 2022 that he had attained majority ownership of Live and fired guitarist Chad Taylor, also implying that Taylor was the band member standing in the way of progress. These were all the known facts at the time of my initial report, but it turns out that just a short while later, the house cleaning within live got even more extreme. Kowalczyk would soon go on to quietly fire the remaining two original members as well, bassist Patrick Dahlheimer and drummer Chad Gracie. In late October of 2022, Kowalczyk debuted the new live at a gig in Niagara Falls, Ontario, consisting of himself backed by a roster of, quote, touring members, some of whom had played in his solo band. This is the version of Live that has been performing under that name ever since. Now folks, I do fully realize what it looks like transpired here, and I initially thought the same thing, that Ed Kowalczyk cannibalized Live and took the name for himself, perhaps despite the other members over the events leading up to his bitter 2009 exit, or perhaps because his ego is simply too big to fit into any band he's not completely and undisputably in charge of. Believe it or not, though, a more complex and nuanced explanation has been provided by a Rolling Stone expose published in early 2023, which points to a business associate named Bill Hines as having played a critical role in the destruction of Live. 
Heinz had partnered with Taylor on several business ventures over the past decade, and in late 2019, he was arrested and charged with stalking, robbing, and assaulting a young woman employed at one of his and Taylor's shared companies. Due to Heinz's dealings with Taylor and varying degrees of association with the other members of Live, this situation heaped all sorts of legal and financial drama upon the band, creating deep and irreparable divisions between the former bandmates and best friends. The article alleges that although Taylor remains friendly with Dahlheimer, the four guys otherwise almost exclusively communicate with each other through lawyers nowadays. As for who or what is actually at fault for the band's demise, well... This is where the truth gets murky. The article makes use of interview testimony from Taylor, Gracie, and Hines, the latter of whom participated via Zoom while under house arrest, and according to Taylor, Hines is entirely the one to blame. Taylor describes Hines as a gifted con artist who has stolen over $10 million from himself and the rest of the band. Hines, on the other hand, points the finger right back at Taylor, calling him, quote, a crazy drunk whom he regrets ever having met. This sentiment is more or less echoed by Gracie, who has said of Taylor, he's a raving, pathological narcissist that made Bill the boogeyman for everything that's happened in his life. I don't want to deal with him anymore on any level. Perhaps unsurprisingly, Kowalczyk declined to be interviewed, but the article does quote an email he sent to Taylor and his legal team last year, which maintained that Hines was innocent of his alleged role in splintering the band. Between that and Kowalczyk's very public actions towards Taylor in June 2022, it's not a stretch to imagine who he feels was responsible for all that happened. As for Dahlheimer, though he too declined to be interviewed, he did send the reporter a short statement which reads, We regret allowing Bill Hines into our professional and private lives. Our family is working diligently to remove him and move on. And with that, it would appear that the final tally among involved parties is two votes Hines, three votes Taylor. So who's responsible then? The guy with the most votes, or the one convicted of doing terrifying things to a woman? Alas, though the article also provides an extensive yet limited timeline of Heinz's history with the members of Live, it's impossible to know who the real boogeyman is as long as everyone's conflicting accounts remain at odds. Interestingly, none of them have suggested that Kowalczyk was even somewhat to blame, nor could they fault him for wanting to reboot Live with an all-new lineup of musicians. In fact, Taylor and Gracie both attest it was all part of a deal the four members agreed to in order to fulfill contractual obligations and keep the band alive. Regardless of how innocent or justified Kowalczyk may be, however, this whole story leaves a sour taste in my mouth, and I don't feel inclined to support this version of Live. Without Patrick and the Chads, there's really no distinction at all between Live and Kowalczyk's solo band. But hey, at least Kowalczyk now has a much more marketable name to promote his solo output under. I imagine it's a little tougher to go solo when the average person is unsure how your last name is pronounced. Anyway, before live, I played Third Season by AFI off their 1997 album Shut Your Mouth and Open Your Eyes, Regeneration by Stone Temple Pilots off their 2001 album Shangri-La-Di-Da, Eat the Rich by Motorhead off their 1987 album Rock and Roll, King by the Reverend Horton Heat off his 2000 album Spend a Night in the Box, and Seal My Fate by Belly off their 1995 album King. You're still listening to Sounds Like Teen Spirit on 89.9 KBGA Missoula. To like this show on Facebook, go to facebook.com SLTS2, and to hear this and other episodes of the program after the broadcast, go to kbga.org teen-spirit. 
Alright, next I'm going to review and play a song from the new Chemical Brothers album for that beautiful feeling. At this point in their lengthy career, the Chemical Brothers, consisting of real-life non-siblings Tom Rollins and Ed Simons, most certainly have electronic music down to a science. They could have AI software writing all their albums for them going forward, and the fans would be none the wiser. I'm not trying to say their music appears devoid of any human feeling or instinct. Far from it, in fact. I'm just assuming that, in this scenario, the brothers would construct and program the AI themselves with the same faultless touch the duo seem to inherently possess in music making. Indeed, their newly released 10th album, For That Beautiful Feeling, comes across as one the Chemical Brothers of 2023 could have likely put together in their sleep. If anything, however, that only makes it more impressive that the album is about as good as Chembro's albums, or even electronic albums in general, ever get. The Chemical Brothers are very much an album band, so to speak, weaving elaborate tapestries of beats and soundscapes across fluid 45-60 to 60 minute productions. And thankfully, For That Beautiful Feeling is no exception to the rule. Between its impressive variety and seamless song transitions, the album excels as a cover-to-cover listen. It goes from bangin' to soulful to eerily psychedelic to uplifting to serene, all without ever stopping long enough for a breath. However, even though the whole is altogether greater than the sum of its parts, several of the tracks here are more than capable of shining and making waves individually. These include the single Live Again, which feels like an instant staple of modern EDM, No Reason, which is undoubtedly the album's most certified banger, Fountains, which complements its more laid-back energy with a welcome helping of funk guitar, Skipping Like a Stone, which boasts an especially poppy sound thanks in part to some comfortingly familiar guest vocals from Beck, and The Darkness That You Fear, which has been remixed since its initial 2021 single release into something even lovelier and more inspirational. My personal favorite, though, would have to be Magic Wand, which is positioned at a pivotal point right smack dab in the middle of the record. This one combines its infectious percussive beat and its thick reverberating bass line into something otherworldly that commands attention. It's just too bad the song clocks in at under two and a half minutes. I generally find electronic songs to be at least sufficiently long enough, if not overlong, so it smacks me as downright criminal that the greatest one I've heard in recent memory is only about the length of an average punk song. Ultimately, For That Beautiful Feeling doesn't represent any meaningful evolution from its immediate predecessor, 2019's No Geography, and in fact feels highly similar, from its approximate length to its overall style to the way it progresses from beginning to end. However, considering just how good the previous album was, that puts the Brothers' Lace among very desirable company. Alright, next I'm going to predictably play my aforementioned favorite from the album, Magic Wand. When listening to this one on its own, I often play it twice back-to-back to help compensate for its criminally short length, but you guys are just going to have to make do with once for the duration of the show. Well, enjoy!
This is Silver Sprocket, host of Something Else, live every Wednesday from 8 to 10 p.m. right here on KBGA Missoula 89.9 FM. I feature avant-garde, electroacoustic, free jazz, and more creative music every week. You'll get to hear advanced new releases straight from the artists and record labels before anybody else, and extensive interviews with the artists themselves. How about you give Something Else a try? Live every Wednesday from 8 to 10 p.m. on KBGA Missoula, 89.9 FM, and streaming at kbga.org.
from the band Green Jello and you're listening to KBGA Missoula Little Big Little Big Let Me In
Smash Mouth with The Fonz off their 1997 album Fushu Mang. On this episode of Sounds Like Teen Spirit, we mourn the loss of original Smash Mouth frontman Steve Harwell, who passed away on September 4th at the age of 56. His manager, Robert Hayes, has confirmed his cause of death to be liver failure. Harwell struggled with alcoholism for most of his life, and in 2013 was diagnosed with cardiomyopathy, which restricts the heart's ability to pump blood, as well as Wernicke's encephalopathy, which impairs speech and motor skills. Both conditions are commonly brought about through heavy alcohol consumption and factored predominantly into Harwell's decision to retire from music in 2021. Steve Harwell co-founded Smash Mouth in 1994 with guitarist Greg Camp, bassist Paul Delisle, and drummer Kevin Coleman. The band's debut album, 1997's Fushu Mang, differed from the rest of their work in that it was rooted in more of a ska-punk sound. The album generated Smash Mouth's first big hit in its lone outlier, Walkin' on the Sun, which itself achieved platinum certification from the RIAA and propelled the album's sales to double platinum. In light of the song's success, Smash Mouth changed their style to more of a pop-rock sound, beginning with their 1999 sophomore album Astro Lounge, which spawned an even bigger hit, the iconic and utterly inescapable All-Star. Both the single and the album reached triple platinum certification, substantially bolstered by the song's inclusion in the 2001 movie Shrek, which also featured the band's cover of the Monkees' I'm a Believer. From that point, however, Smash Mouth's career momentum began to peter out. Their 2003 album, Get the Picture, sold only a fraction of what their gold-certified 2001 self-titled achieved, and the returns continued to diminish from there. The band have only released one album since the mid-aughts, 2012's Magic, which has retroactively gone down as the final Smash Mouth album to feature Steve Harwell. For the bulk of their career, Smash Mouth have coasted along as a nostalgia act, downgrading from arenas to state fairs and primarily courting ticket buyers looking to go back in time for a night and re-experience their hits from yesteryear. However, Harwell maintained a healthy outlook on the band's diminished status. When asked during a 2014 interview with Vice if he ever gets tired of singing the same songs, he responded, You know, there's always somebody in the crowd who hasn't heard it or hasn't seen it live. When I go out on stage, I look at it that way. Once that classic song starts, people just go bananas. Has Freebird ever got old? Smash Mouth have often been the butt of jokes due to the -the flash-in-the-pan nature of their career and the fact that they owed a great deal of their success to a kids' movie. But you know what? At least it was an all-time classic kids' movie. Could you imagine how much worse off they'd have been if they hitched their wagon to, say, Osmosis Jones instead of Shrek? Also, one of the first physical CDs I ever owned was Smash Mouth's Fushu Mang, and to this day, I consider it to be a great ska-punk album. The rest of the album is unfairly overlooked in favor of its huge hit, and at the very least, the band deserves more credit for it than they've historically gotten. Finally, whether you loved him or hated him, you cannot deny that, for at least a couple years around the turn of the century, there were few voices on the planet as recognizable or as in-demand as Steve Harwell's. Smash Mouth may still be limping along today, with Paul Delisle as the last remaining original member, but although they found a replacement vocalist last year in Zach Good, Harwell will always and forever be the mouth of Smash Mouth. May he rest in peace. Anyway, before Smash Mouth, I played Drifting by Four Non Blondes off their 1992 album Bigger, Better, Faster, More. 
Get in the Car by Echo and the Bunnymen off their 1999 album, What Are You Going to Do With Your Life? Seed by Sublime off their 1996 self-titled Hope in a Hopeless World by Widespread Panic off their 1997 album Bombs and Butterflies and Hate Red by Anthrax off their 1990 album Persistence of Time. And that about wraps up a seminal episode of Sounds Like Teen Spirit on 89.9 KBGA Missoula. I've been your host, Ian. I'm going to conclude this one by reviewing and playing a song from the new Slow Dive album, Everything is Alive. Though Slow Dive are unquestionably a 90s band, having their initial run of albums contained neatly within the decade, they appear to be far more indebted to modern times. The band struggled to attract much of a following during the early to mid-90s, and critics at the time treated them harshly. When they were dropped by their label a week after the release of their 1995 album Pygmalion, that proved to be the death knell for the band, as they broke up a short time later. However, despite their anticlimactic end, Slowdive found themselves facing an unprecedented level of popularity upon reuniting in 2014. A couple important developments took place over the two decades they were away. One, critics had radically reappraised them as being among the best of their class, and two, their chosen genre of shoegaze has somehow struck a major chord with Generation Z. And so, Slowdive began playing to more receptive crowds at notably larger venues in their second wave, and their first two post-reunion albums thus far have charted far higher than any of their original three. It would seem the band were inspired by all their newfound adoration to evolve into the most crowd-pleasing version of themselves, as their newly released fifth album, Everything is Alive, is undoubtedly the most accessible Slowdive album to date. In fact, the singles Kisses and A Life are both surprisingly radio-friendly. Don't be alarmed, Slowdive stands. This is still the same band that makes My Bloody Valentine look downright mainstream by comparison, just with a slightly greater sense of structure and melody. The most notable change I've observed in Slowdive's sound on Everything is Alive is the inclusion of more prominent synths. The band is certainly no stranger to synths, but some of the ones featured on this album are more akin to the kind you might hear in 80s arena rock. Three of the album's eight songs are particularly defined by these kinds of synths. Opening track, Shanty, penultimate track, Chained to a Cloud, and closing track, The Slab. If you're concerned that such unsubtle synths would clash with the innate beauty of Slowdive, don't be. They actually complement and even amplify the moods the band was evidently going for on the tracks in question, making for some of the most memorable songs of their career. In fact, The Slab and Shanty are both in contention for being my new favorite Slowdive song. Not every track on Everything is Alive is a home run, however. Andalusia Plays is overlong and kinda dull, and Skin in the Game, though fine, doesn't really offer anything the album hasn't already given us by the time it comes up. Also, the band's male vocalist, Neil Halstead, who sings at least twice as much as female vocalist Rachel Goswell on this outing, is completely unintelligible most of the time, which certainly isn't helped by his voice often sounding too low in the mix. I've found that listening with a decent pair of headphones helps to bring it out a little better, though. Ultimately, your mileage may vary a bit when it comes to Everything is Alive, but it's an agreeably well-rounded slow dive album that will absolutely do well to further the band's ever-rising popularity. Alright, I've decided to close out this episode with the album's closing track and potential favorite of mine, The Slab. Smell you later, Missoula. (laughs) 